Hello, welcome back to the Warwickshire Cricket Board podcast. Um, this is episode seven now, uh, and the summer and season seems to be rapidly approaching, and hopefully with some warmer weather. Um, just to ask Chris, did you see the Twitter over the last few weeks? No, I haven't. Um, a club from just outside Pretoria has liked and retweeted our podcast. So oh, fantastic. That's good news. It's getting out that far and wide. Hopefully they, I think it was the, the Sunday Smash podcast they liked. So, oh, excellent, good. Um, I think they're going to enter a side, so you might have some logistical difficulties An to sort out. <clears throat> yeah. Um, thank you to everyone for sending in some of the emails and coaching problems and difficulties and whatnot that you want advice from. Um, we've got some really interesting... Um, situations to go through and we'll be going through these all in an episode over the next couple of months um, where we discuss these and it becomes a bit more of a, uh, a focus to the to the podcast. Um, Danny can't be here today so Chris Kenny um, is here with me. I think this is his fifth episode or fourth episode. Yeah I'm becoming quite a regular on these. Yeah I think you'll have to get in touch with your agent um, and today we have uh, Mina Zahor and Nadia Bakocci. I think I said that right. Um, who are Cricket Development Officers at the Warwickshire Cricket Board. Um, brilliant to have you both on the podcast. Um, previously we had a podcast with Andy Turnbull, Zach Sinkinson and Shozair Ali where those guys shared their path into the Cricket Board and uh, what experience they've had getting to where they are now. Um, and Nadia and Mina are here to give us some information into their roles at the Cricket Board and their path into coaching and the WCB and what challenges they have and continue to face in their uh, their role and in their cricket. So, Nadia, welcome. Um, Thank you. Do you want to just give us a little background into how you got into coaching and cricket? Um, so it's kind of really sort of on a back burner from me playing really. Um, at my club, kind of got roped in, started helping out on a few of the junior sessions, um, and then the club offered to put me through my level two, and um, which I completed with the club. Sort of funding and then me giving back volunteer hours to sort of pay that off. Um, sort of ever since then, sort of five years ago, and um, that's been one of my commitments that I've sort of kept up with. Um, what with club is club, that? Um, 4 H Saints. Oh, okay. So alongside kind of my work at the cricket board, um, obviously I've had a lot of involvement still at club. Um, and kind of once I started doing that at club, got involved with some of um, Danny's work in schools. Started to deliver some of the okay, chance yeah. to shine program. Um, got into sort of festivals um, and then some sort of team coaching stuff as well. So with girls teams, boys teams, um, doing a little bit of sort of one-to-one coaching and sort of covering as and when. So I've sort of covered everything from under nines to under 15s boys um, and worked across a number of the girls programmes as well. Was coaching something that you always looked into doing or was it did it just come a bit of a uh, random thing that you just got pushed into? Um, I think having obviously always been interested in sport and played um, both cricket and football, it was always one of those <coughs> where if I was going to fall into something, it was it was going to be coaching that was going to happen, sort of coaching mm. or PE teaching. But as I said, um, clubs are always looking for coaches and volunteers to help out. So I think it's always sort of an option if you're there and you're involved at a club. Okay, and how old were you when you started coaching or playing? Um, started playing when I was 14. Okay. Um, so quite late really um, in comparison, I know, to a lot of the other um, sort of cricket board employees and probably started coaching sort of on a, a volunteer and sort of assistant basis when I was about 16 um, and then completed my level two um, when I turned 18 so. Perfect and then what's your role at the cricket board now? Um, so my role now is um, women and girls development officer 
which ultimately um, the aim is to increase the number of women and girls that are playing, mm. involved, volunteering, coaching, um, sort of in and around um, cricket really. So within that, it sort of involves looking at leagues from under 11s girls through to under 15s, um, setting up festivals, hubs where we can introduce new girls from schools and clubs to the game. Um, also really just organising all the fixtures within that and general promotion of women and girls cricket. So sort of letting people know what's out there for women and girls because I think a lot of people don't actually realise the, the amount of stuff that we offer. And what do you feel the best tool is to encourage women and girls to get involved in cricket? What's the best thing that we do? Um, well, with women and girls, it's very much sort of, if I play and my friends will play, we'll play together. Whereas it's, it's very different from the boys game where I think it's sort of ingrained within families where dads have played and sort of boys will go along on their own to a session. So really, it's getting the word out there and sort of word of mouth. Um, social media has been really effective for us this year, where we sort of found one person that's interested who's then commented and said, oh, mm. my friend, will you come along with this to me? Shall we bring our daughters, etc." So, yeah. yeah, it's sort of, it's, a lot of it's word of mouth and if you play, I play. But equally, it's getting the girls I found interested at a younger age, get them to come along and enjoy a session. Mm. And then they're more likely to, to stay in. I mean, I think I was a bit of an anomaly joining <coughs> at 14. Mm. We don't really get many that sort of come in that late down the line. I mean, there's always the option to, but we, we find that targeting the girls younger I think the All Stars program has been really effective in that. Yeah, um, it's probably our, our best tool, really. There's been, hasn't there been some big increase in under eleven girls' sides or numbers? Yeah, massive increase. So I think we saw last year. So twenty seventeen season, we probably had about twelve girls' sides. Last mm -hmm. year, from sort of under 11s festivals through to under fifteens, we had thirty two. Wow. And I think out of those thirty two, probably. Around 15 or 16 of those were under 11 sides. I mean, we had a number of new clubs that hadn't entered anything before. Um, and for instance, Water Orton actually managed to get two under 11 girls sides out at some festivals last year. So the, the growth has been huge. I think that's something that's really quite recognisable, is that actually, if you've got five or six girls at your club already, it's quite easy to drum a few more together, get friends in, get brothers to get their sisters involved and down at the club. And actually, you can quite easily get a side out there. Okay. Obviously we see cricket as quite a summer sport, but what kind of offers do we have in the winter for uh, women and girls cricket? Um, so in the winter, as I mentioned earlier, we run a series of what we call hubs. So they run for both women and girls. So the girls programme is sort of a 10 week programme. We sign up for the 10 weeks and you'll cover elements of batting, bowling, fielding, and there'll be games weeks within that. So that's really just an introduction to cricket, ensuring that girls' basics are right, etc. And ultimately just ensuring that the sessions are fun. So that following those hubs, as you said, going back into the summer, they want to get involved with clubs. Um, and the women really is just about coming along and playing, having a go, trying. If you like it one week, you come back the next. If you can't make it every week, you might work, make five out of the ten weeks. But it's having that offer there that when you're available and you've got the spare time, you can come down and have a little bit of a, a laugh and a socialise with your mates. There's normally some Prosecco involved as well, isn't there? Oh yes, we've got for a lot of Prosecco <laughs> this summer. Um, but I think that's what it is with women. It's, cricket isn't necessarily the hook, it's the playing with your friends and getting out with your friends. So you might play cricket for an hour and then you all go and enjoy a drink afterwards. But I think that's one of the good things about cricket is that the social side is, is really prominent. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then what, let's say in May or June or July, what is a standard week for you at the Cricket Board? What does it involve? 
So obviously with cricket being um, quite seasonal, obviously the majority of our work is sort of in that period. So that's when we start to get busy and we're sort of in and around the county. Um, six days in my case with the women's programmes and the girls' programmes running on a Sunday. So within the week, I sort of look to speak to clubs, speak to individuals and ensure that they're ready um, for the weekend. So on a Sunday, the women's fixtures are running. Um, and equally, we tend to have an under-11s or under-13s girls' festival on that weekend. So it's contacting <coughs> clubs, ensuring they've got sides out, getting the fixtures ready, ensuring we've got coaches present at those festivals, um, ensuring that the clubs know what to expect, really, and are aware of the rules, etc. Um, and really, it's just getting people to understand um, what's going on, what's running. And once it's organised, really just drumming up support um, and activity, really, and getting people to those festivals and fixtures. Excellent. Uh, so it sounds quite busy then. Um, Mina. Hey, yeah. Been waiting you, patiently waiting your turn there. Um, your way into coaching, into playing, was slightly different to Ned's? Um, in some ways, but in some ways it was quite similar. So I started playing cricket when I was seven, I think, from okay. primary school onwards. Um, and played for Warwickshire Women's, and that's when I had the opportunity to, to get into level two coaching. Yeah. So I got my level two when I was 16, 17, I think. Yeah. Okay, and got into cool. coaching through through Danny as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, and when did you when did you come to the cricket board then? So I joined cricket board last year after finishing my degree. Um, and I joined in as a diverse communities officer. Okay. And what, so diverse communities, what's that? So my role involves um, getting ethnic minorities into cricket um, okay. over the age of 14. So we know there's um, a huge amount of ethnic minorities in Birmingham and uh, some of it, some of them don't actually play any sort of sport or cricket. Yeah. Um, so my role is to get them involved. What are the main challenges with that role? Is, do you find something that's really difficult to overcome? Um, I think with the uh, male participants, it's been easier to, to get them involved because cricket kind of runs in Asian blood anyway, so it's, mm. it's good. But with females, it's been quite hard because they don't really want to play cricket. They've got other commitments, i.e. their kids and, and working, whatever not. So the challenge for me really was to get into that community and, and kind of get women to, to do some sort of physical activity. And... To be fair, from what I know, you've um, you've overcome a couple of them challenges. Tell us about a couple of success stories that you've had. Um, yeah, it's been it's been quite good to be fair over the year. Um, so we've started a new thing called Bolly Cricket. So that involves uh, Bangra for, for women for forty five minutes and cricket for forty five minutes. Um, and it's been quite a success. We've already opened two um, hubs, and we're in the process of uh, opening another one. And we've got a lot of ladies that come in the morning and the evening. Um, that goes along with uh, introduction of glow-in-the-dark cricket. So uh, women wow. are now playing cricket in the dark, which has been quite a huge success in, in schools for, for, for girls. Oh, OK. And then cricket in the dark doesn't take place at night? No, indoors. no. So it's indoors. Uh, what happens is that you get you get to wear bibs and, and all of the, the lights and whatever. We turn them on and yeah. it kind of glows in the dark. Oh, OK. So all the stumps and bats and everything have lights. Yeah, it's actually quite brilliant. So it's fair to say that it's not really a traditional offer of um, the original cricket that we kind of see. It's something different that we've created to overcome the uh, the challenge that you faced. Yeah, I mean, I think with the Asian women, what they 
they assume is that cricket is a whole day thing where they've got to give out a whole day, which they actually can't do. So we've understood that um, as, a, as a county board and we've come up with different ways to kind of involve women into, into cricket, whether it be for an hour, two hours or whether it be half an hour even. The fact that they're playing a bit of cricket is, is brilliant. Okay, awesome. Um, and diverse communities, I guess that's not just... Birmingham does it stretch out to Coventry and to it does yeah it does involve Coventry so we do have um, coaches that are delivering sessions for me in Coventry um, which is quite good okay excellent and has there been a spike in attendance and things since you started Sorry, yeah I'm kind of putting you on the block here <laughs> no no it's okay um, yeah there's there's been there's to be fair there's been male participants anyway but yeah. what we've um, been successful in doing as a cricket board is to get Asian female participants. So I think over what four months uh, we've already introduced cricket to around three hundred Asian female. Brilliant. Which has been quite huge. Brilliant. And is there is there an exit route for them? By exit route, I mean is in is there somewhere they can then go and play cricket from there, or is it all focused around getting them in playing in the community and trying to get as many people as involved? Um, there are community sessions, so w what we do is that we have <coughs> 10 week um, sessions and we, then we do festivals and we've got summer sessions and winter sessions, that's fine, and they're more, you know, we, we do advise them to go play club cricket, mm. um, so they, they get involved in cricket all the, all the way through. Brilliant, and then I guess that goes hand in hand with your stuff, lads, in that you've got more clubs now where girls can go and get involved we've got those softball softball tournaments you mentioned so that's good yeah so one really good actual sort of a result of Mina's work um Attock Cricket Club actually offered a women and girls session for the first time um Brilliant. in the 2018 season so I think we had between um when it first started we just had one joint session but the numbers got that high that we actually did a girls session for an hour first and then a women's session afterwards Excellent. so that's sort of 20 people as a result of sort of Mina's work and work in the community that now actually have a chance to play at a club. So rather than playing for that half an hour session, they're actually now coming every week and they have a, a solid structured session to come to. And what's brilliant with that is that when the summer and Nadia's softball festivals are run, these women can now go and play in those festivals. Yeah, that's brilliant. And it's, it's really exciting that the numbers have jumped up so much from a women and girls and a kind of diverse communities thing. Um, I believe there was a video of the... Bolly cricket on Twitter. Yes, perfect. Yes, yes. Go and check that out. It's very, looks very interesting and very, very uh, lots of fun, I should say. I don't think I'll be having a go because I'm not sure my dancing skills are up to that. Yeah. Up to that level. <laughs> I but, agree. Um, <laughs> but you never know. Say, I'll, <laughs> be, I'll be attending the next one. <laughs> Nad's is coming to the next one. So, um, same question as I asked Nad's. May, June, July. What's your standard week like? Is it as busy? Um, it's busier actually because then okay. I have to look at the male um, participants as well as the female. So okay. we've got a lot of matches, um, for example, NACC versus MCC or any, or the Parathami and, and NACC. So we've got matches that we need to, to, to put on and, and go through that, um, along with the female softball festivals and the summer hubs uh, that continue to the winter, um, winter hubs. Okay, cool. So it's all, it's all stations go for both of you guys. Um, I guess from now up until September, where we get a couple of quiet weeks, then it all kicks in again. Um, the next bit I'm going to talk about, or I'm going to ask you, is 
the same question that I asked Zach, uh, Andy Turnbull and Shazair when they came in. This open to both of you. Um, what's the best thing about your job and about your role at the cricket board? Um, for me, I'd say getting to attend the events that you've organised. So mm. as much as sometimes it's it's Thursday night and I'm not sure who's going to be entering the festival for a Sunday because one minute they're entering, one minute they're not. Can they get one team out? Can they get two? Actually, when you go to the event on Sunday and you see it running, like all the hard work's worth it. So I think that for me, um, especially with the younger girls and seeing them at sort of eight, nine, ten, starting to come through and enjoy the game and sort of the festival be finishing at one o'clock and them saying, can we play another match? Can we play another match? And I think that for me is something that I remember having when I was sort of younger um, with other sports that I played. And I think seeing that love for the game in some of the younger girls um, is probably one of the most rewarding mm. parts of my job. I guess the inspiration is a little bit giving them the, the love of the game that you probably got when you were 14 and it's got you to where you are now. Yeah, seeing it a little bit younger. And I think that's the importance as well in having um, a number of female role models. I think there's more of those coming through now. But I think that they need to have someone that they can look up to and go, well, I can go into coaching as well, or mm. I can play at a high level. I think with obviously the Super League, etc., and the, the standard of women's cricket getting better, mm. that for girls now at that age is sort of, if I carry on playing and get better, actually cricket could be a career for me rather than yeah. just something I do one night a week. Yeah, so well, hope, really hopefully fun. it's going that way soon. Um, Mina? Um, so for me... Coming into this job, I didn't actually know what to what to expect, really. So the best thing for me coming into this job now is, is seeing women playing cricket. I mean, they, they have no... There's, there's no age to... I can't put it down. Um, to, to age, and they've never played cricket. So to, for them to actually literally first say that they can't play, they can't hold a bat, and then hit a six, for example, and mm. the, the smile on their faces is absolutely brilliant to see. Cool. That's... Both answers very similar to what the um, the guys said when they came in a few weeks ago um, about how they just they just love inspiring people to come and play the game and develop a passion for it. Um, yeah, so I think it's fair to say that it'll be quite honest to say that both of your jobs are quite admin based now. Yeah, they are quite admin based um, in the week, but obviously most of our programs and, and sessions and fixtures run of an evening and weekend. <coughs> So I think, obviously, throughout the summer it's a lot busier. But although sometimes <coughs> we'll say, oh, we've got another evening, actually, once you get there and you're involved in it... Yeah, um, and I think the great thing it. from that is that we're both working now on the side of setting up cricket and uh, facilitating the game. But what's coming from that is you're both going out and seeing the work, that, the hard work that you're doing and the rewards of that, and that's great. And that's something that all coaches really should be looking to do, whether, um, whether they are working a little bit more in an office role now, but actually going out and seeing the guys and remembering why we do the work that we do. And I think that's really great that you've both mentioned that as the best things about your jobs. Yeah, it's exciting. It's good good times ahead for the cricket board, I think. Um, so then if we spoke about the, the things that are best, what are some of the, the challenges that you may face or you do continue to face uh, in your role and in cricket in general? Um, I think for me it's pretty it's pretty simple and easy. It's just to get into more um, newer cultures um, and kind of get involved with them and ask them to play. It takes a bit of time. However, it does improve once you gain their trust and you know you you tell them what you what you're here to do. Really, do you feel feel personal relationships are really important in overcoming them challenges? Um, yeah, I I feel like 
after you meet with them a few times, they just need to know who you are, what you do. And after you, you gain that trust, um, everything just falls into place because then they trust you, they want to play and you know they, they want to get involved in everything that you do. Yeah, I guess it comes back to the role models and the role models that people can look up to and feel like they can approach them and come and join in the sessions. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think it's similar to what Nad said as well. I think it's really important that we have female um, coaches as role models because younger girls growing up, we want to tell them that this is what you should be doing or this is what you could do as an option. Okay. Yeah. Mine is slightly different um, actually to what Mina said. So I know obviously you've just mentioned about actually getting people um, to play. But the difficulty I find with the sort of the number of programmes we've got running now is actually finding coaches to deliver them. So you'll find that a lot of coaches, when they start coaching, similar to my um, path really, will start at a club with probably under 10, <coughs> under 11 boys, and that's sort of the area that they're comfortable with. And you'll find that they'll move a, in their coaching with that boys side or and start to run sort of older boys sessions. But there's a lot of coaches I know that hesitate at running a girls session because they don't quite understand that actually it's it's the same. Mm. There might be a slight difference in that the girls are probably going to talk more and have a bit more of a chat, whereas the boys might take it a little bit more seriously at times and be a little bit more competitive. But girls still enjoy that competitive element as well. Um, and with the women's sessions in particular, they're all just about coming along, having fun and facilitating games. And for me, I'd just say for any coaches that are interested um, in running some sessions for us and would like to get sort of an insight into into female coaching, um, then let us know. Because I just think that once you actually start delivering them, your, your confidence improves, it gives you more of an offer as a coach. And actually, a, a number of the coaches I've spoken to that have played themselves before or are often parents of the girls who've got playing, they actually now much prefer delivering those girls' sessions. Um, and I think, for me, that's probably my biggest challenge, is that finding people that are, are comfortable and confident um, to get involved with the girls' programmes. I think that's a great bit of advice, really. It's that we've all probably done a little bit of boys' coaching, a little bit of girls' coaching. There are some similarities, there are some differences in between uh, working with two different types of people. But uh, I really encourage people, uh, if they feel that they have the option to take part in women's and girls' cricket, then just to take it. It's a new experience, but I think it's something that, as Nads has said, you'll find really rewarding going forward as a coach. Yeah, definitely. And I think with the number of girls we've got coming into the game now, those opportunities are only going to get bigger and bigger. So I think, if you, as Chris said, if you have got the chance, then mm. take it. I agree. Um, so that leads us quite nicely on what advice you guys could give to... Um, aspiring female coaches we've mentioned a lot of girls and are coming into the game a lot earlier so and they might want to get involved in coaching they might see you two as role models they might see some of the super league players as role models uh, what can we what advice can we give them to help them on their path i think my advice would be um to if you have an opportunity to 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 gain these qualifications i.e level two or csw in cricket coaching just take them because you never know where it takes you because, you know, little part-time coaching will actually could give you a huge career and with the women's cricket growing as it is, it could actually be changing everything. Yeah, I'd say just start volunteering. Um, if you're at a club already, just get involved. Just help out at one of the sessions. You, you've not got to lead the session from the start, but you'll find that just through volunteering, you'll get an insight into what a good coach looks like. You'll... 
observe and see lots of different coaches and you'll pick up good bits from all of them. And I think that's that's really key um, with coaching. Don't be afraid to almost copy or emulate what someone's done because there's a reason why they continue to do it and there's a reason why it's successful. So I think just sort of observe as many coaches as you can, go out, get involved, throw yourself in um, and actually coach a range of ages and abilities, um, look at getting involved with coaching both genders because as, as we've mentioned earlier, there are similarities across the programmes, but there are also differences. And the more you coach, the more you'll find sort of your best fit and where you find yourself having the most success and where you're most comfortable. But I don't think you sort of realise that until actually you've sort of coached across the spectrum. Yeah. So getting get involved is one of the main messages. Yeah, I think that's a great bit of advice, really, that you don't know where your path could end. Um, starting off as a part-time coach at your club, doing an hour and a half session on a Friday night, we probably all started at that path. Every single coach has probably started there. Uh, and it can lead to anything, really. As Mina said, the, the women and girls game is growing almost yearly now. Um, so be a part of it. Be something that's growing and um, you'll really get the benefits and something that you never know could uh, work in for the rest of your life. Um, I guess something that I've noticed over the last couple of years is a lot of the Warwickshire women players as well have also got involved in coaching. Now that Whether that's because... Um, the game is growing or they feel that they want to give back a little bit so the likes of Marie Kelly the likes of Georgia Davis Beth and Ellis I think Lara Jones is now getting involved in some coaching I'm sure there's Nisha Patel's doing some there's loads and loads of of those guys who are getting involved which hopefully creates those female role models that we can get even more um, female coaches into the game just draw up that interest and we're um, hopefully in a better place going forward in the next couple of years. Um, anything else to add on that? i just got one final question just for the, both of the girls. Just a little bit kind of away from coaching and a little bit more about what they think cricket is. Why is cricket a great sport to be involved in? I think for me, um, because it's a team sport um, and you get you get to know, you get to meet people from different different backgrounds and, and you learn new languages you you learn new cultures and you win together and you lose together the time that you spend a, a day of cricket is brilliant because you make new friends I think for me that's really important because because the amount of stuff that you learn even even the skills that you learn for me is, is key that's that's what makes it I agree yeah I totally agree with that I mean cricket for me yes you play your game but it's the before you start and the team will go for breakfast and you finish and the team will stay afterwards till 11 o'clock at night just because you've got that group of friends um, and for me as well sort of playing men's cricket you'd never think that sort of a a girl in her mid-twenties would have loads of 50 year old men as friends which sounds <laughs> stupid but that's what cricket opens you up to yeah so actually the the gender thing is not is not a barrier yeah it really isn't it's actually just yeah. that if if you're a good player or you enjoy playing the game that clubs will be facilitative of that and they'll, they'll understand that and I think if you're just willing to get involved with it and not make it a problem, actually, that you've got a lot of access to opportunity. I mean, most of my, a number of my best friends I've met through playing sport and, and playing cricket, and I think that it's just it's one of those where there's always going to be options okay. and opportunities. And just on, what makes cricket so good? Um, I don't know whether it's just cricket or whether it's sport in general, but I was watching Coach Carter the other day, the movie, um, right. and there was the bit at the end where. I think they were in the final state championship or something like that um, and they they brought the game back and all of a sudden lost in the last four seconds 
Uh, and my mate turned to me and goes, I love sport, I do. And you're kind of like, well, they've just lost in the last minute. Um, but then the whole thing around it is they've worked so hard to get there, they've gone in the dressing room and they've cheered for themselves afterwards. It's very similar with cricket. You can have some days where you're absolutely brilliant and you win everything. You have some days where you go out, you get a, get first ball, get out first ball, sorry, you get whacked all over the place. Um, but you still go in the change room and have a laugh and a joke with your mates. So... Um, Completely agree with everything that we've all just said there. Uh, thank you very much for coming. I really appreciate your time. It's brilliant to hear your stories. Um, and hopefully we get a lot more women and girls involved in the game and coaching and playing and everything. Um, just the usual bits from me. Remember to sign up to the CA. You can do that through the Warwickshire Cricket Board website, um, which is Warwickshire Cricket Board. No, sorry, I'll do that properly. www.warwickshirecricketboard.co.uk uh, you can sign up to the Cricket, cricket Board CA conference there. The, um, the Twitter for the CA and the Warwick Cricket Board Twitter is also on there. And we've just uploaded another video uh, recently um, on YouTube, which is the Warwick Cricket Board YouTube, uh, around coaching behaviours with Paul Greetham. Um Thank you very much for listening. See you next time.